You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. It is so awesome to see all of your smiling faces. Uh, Every Sunday, I have a greater appreciation for uh, just people being here after months and months of having no one here. So it is awesome to have you here. Before we jump into God's Word this morning, I want to take a moment to pray. Uh, Some of you might know this, most of you probably don't, but this Tuesday there's a conference that we've helped start called the Change Conference. Last year we had pastors and leaders from around the country uh, coming into this area, flying into the area to be part of it. And this year with COVID and everything happening, we distributed it. So we have eight different locations around the country that pastors are gathering at on Tuesday. And uh, we just want to take a moment and pray. Uh, This is a really trying, difficult time for pastors. And uh, our hope is that this would be an opportunity to pour into them that this would be a, a time of refreshing for them and it would help them kind of re-engage even in moments where it's overwhelming and, and, and exhausting that they would see that they're part of something bigger. So if you could just take a moment and, and even throughout this week, just keep them in prayer. Keep that day on Tuesday in prayer. But let's pray real quick. Lord, I thank you so much. God, for so many pastors, leaders, Lord, around the country that be gathering on Tuesday at different locations. Lord, to to be poured into, to to talk about leading healthy change in the church. And God, I pray that you would just bless that day. God, I pray you'd bless the pastors, Lord, that it would be a a, a time of refreshing for them, Lord, that God, even when they're discouraged, when, when they're overwhelmed, God, that they would see their part, Lord, of something bigger, that they're part of a community of, of pastors and leaders who are leading just like they are, God. I pray you would bless this day, Lord. Bless all the details and all the aspects of it, Lord, and let it be for your glory that your kingdom would go forward, that your church, Lord, would rise up even in difficult times. God, I thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for the privilege of getting to be part of that. And Lord, I pray that you would use it for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So thank you guys for praying. I just encourage you, please continue to pray uh, as uh, that, that happens, takes place uh, on Tuesday across the country. And uh, first, real quick, welcome to everyone who's watching online and to those in our overflow space, of course, here. Um, you know, growing up, one of my favorite TV shows, and we could talk about favorite TV shows all day, of course, but one of my favorite TV shows was Saved by the Bell. Do we have any Saved by the Bell fans here today? A few of you? Saved by the Bell fans? Um, I remember watching it every, Tuesday, every Saturday morning on TNBC. You watch Saved by the Bell, California Dreams, Inside Stuff, all of those shows. I'm missing some probably, but... Um, I, I loved uh, Saved by the Bell. Now, for those watching online, I want you to post in the comments who your favorite character in Saved by the Bell was. Or, or if you want, you can post your favorite gif or jif, depending on which persuasion you are, um, of Saved by the Bell. And uh, I love, I could talk for hours on Saved by the Bell. So many great memories. And if you're not familiar, Saved by the Fe- Bell followed a, a group of students through middle school and high school. The main characters, of course, were Zach Morris, A.C. Slater, Kelly Kapowski, uh, um, Jesse Spano, Lisa Turtle, and the famous Samuel Screech Powers. Those were the best. Uh, and, and it followed really these students through all the struggles they experienced and the lessons they learned and, and, and the, establish, the relationships they established through it all. And, and, and as I watch that show reruns now and see it, it, it takes me back to middle school and high school and, and, and all the things you walk through. And, and, and I don't know if you ever thought back to those crazy uh, times 
and some of the stupid things that we would do just for approval. The, the crazy, insane things that we would do just for people to like us. Uh, and, and the reality is most of those people don't even, we don't even see them anymore. They don't even know us. Uh, you graduated high school and kind of went your way and everyone went their way. And I remember wanting to get just the right shoes or the right outfit or backpack, try to sit with the right kids at lunch. Now, now we think back to that. How crazy was that? How, how insane was that that we had to get everything just right so that people would like us? Or we'd be part of the right crowd. Now as an adult who's married with kids, I, I've come to realize those desires for acceptance didn't just magically go away when I graduated high school. In fact, that desire for acceptance is just as strong today, I believe, as it was for many of us even back in those high school, middle school years. Sure, we may not, might not obsess about the same things or express that desire in the same ways, but it's still alive and well in how many of us live. How do I know that? Because while we might not obsess as much about our clothes, what lunch table we're at, or who's taking us to the prom this year, we do obsess about what title we have at work, or, or, or whether or not we're driving the right car, or living in the right neighborhood, or, or what sports teams our kids are part of. We still have this deep desire to be accepted, and it drives how we talk, what we do, even how we interact on social media. And as we continue our conversation today that we started last week with an incredible message by Dr. Kim on the search for significance, I want to talk to you about this, this deep addiction that has plagued the human race for thousands of years and is just as strong today as it ever was. I'm not talking about opioids or cocaine or even caffeine, but, but an approval addiction. We have this addiction to be approved, to be, to be accepted, to be applauded. It's, it's this long, almost necessity to have people approve us, to applaud us, to, to celebrate us. Now, now, I'm not talking about the importance of just having friends and those who actually care about you. The epidemic of approval is far beyond that. We've often built our lives, myself included, in such a way that without the constant cheering from others, without another like or share on social media, without someone noticing our new haircut or complimenting that new outfit, we feel like we're having a bad day. What we define as good or bad is really based on what the crowd approves of or doesn't. That means that we end up living our lives almost entirely dictated by the wishes of the crowd. Remember a couple weeks ago, if you were with us or watched online, I talked about how nothing changes if nothing changes. Well, unless we're willing to build our lives upon the approval of something other than the crowd, our lives will end up just like the rest of the world, no different. We, we've become a society that lives for the audience of all. We, we want to be noticed. We want to be valued. We want to feel significant. There is... Uh, but there's a bigger audience, ultimately, that we are called to live for. Now, can I be real honest with you guys today? I'm, I'm not talking to you from some tall ivory tower like I have it all figured out and I've mastered this. This has been a journey I've been personally focusing on through really the course of this entire pandemic. When everything was shut down March 12th of this year, I started speaking each week now to a camera instead of a crowd. There was this huge internal struggle that began to develop inside of me. It, it took me a while to really pinpoint it. And while there was an adrenaline kick and excitement uh, when, when we had to pivot and adjust to ever-changing circumstances, 
This internal source for my significance, which was the people, and more specifically the crowd of people, was now completely gone. There's, there's no one, you know, that I'm able to, to greet. There's no one I'm able to say hi to. There, there's, there's no one, you know, interacting the message. It, it really messed with me. I struggled to find that acceptance and significance. And, and as difficult as it was, God used it to show me where my ultimate acceptance and significance should rest. You see, maybe you found yourself in a similar place to this. This season has forced us to reevaluate uh, that need for constant approval, maybe from your boss, or, or, or cause you the, the financial stability that brought you worth or, 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 or value in your life, or, or maybe to reevaluate the, the constant need to, to know your Facebook friends are hanging on your every word. And, and maybe you've been experiencing that, that same internal struggle like me, but haven't put words to it or, or been able to, to really identify where that struggle or tension is grounded in. The biggest reality for me came when I was able to step back and ask this question. Maybe this is a question that you need to ask. Where is my source? Ultimately, where do I find significance? What what is the source of my significance? What is the fuel that keeps me going or the place where I ultimately find my significance come from? Maybe for you, it's in relationships. You know, it might even be well grounded. You know, my significance comes in my relationship with my spouse or my significance comes from earning a good pay to provide for my family. Or my significance comes from whatever. It could all, all be good things. Where, where is your source? In, in the opening chapter of Galatians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul writes about this tension. This tension that we often find ourselves in. He, he's being questioned about why he preached the gospel. Why he started new churches all over the Roman Empire. Like, why was he doing this? Some were assuming he was doing it all for the sake of status. Or, or really just to impress others, or, or to be accepted by others. In other words, they were assuming that the thing that brought Paul significance was the accolades for his accomplishments. Now, the question is, why would they think that? Why, why would they assume that? It's because that's what most of the religious leaders in that time lived for. In fact, Jesus said this in, in Matthew 6, that the Pharisees and Sadducees loved to pray on the street corners for everyone to see them. They loved showing off. These leaders love to flaunt their power, their privilege, their, their, their titles. They loved for everyone to know who they were, what their title was, that everyone could look to them. And, and before we start throwing stones at these guys, 2,000 years removed from this time period, we're really still like this. We haven't really changed that much. We still love to be given recognition. We still love to be rewarded. We still find a large source of our significance from the approval of others especially those with power or influence. Just look at what has become a societal goal to get your 15 minutes of fame, however you can do it. Maybe it's on YouTube or a reality show or or whatever it might be. If we can just get our 15 minutes of fame, like everything's going to be great. I I know we could argue that, that, oh, this is just part of being human and this is just the way it is, but, but Paul challenges this idea in this letter he wrote to the Galatian church. Here's what he wrote, Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. This is a really strong statement. He says, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or, or am I trying to please people? If I were, were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, that's a really, really strong statement. 
After you kind of step back and take the jolt of what he says there, I want to take, take a few minutes and unpack what Paul was really writing, what he's getting at. Paul states that if we are living for the approval of people or, or to please people, if, if that's what he was doing or if we are doing, then we're not a servant of Christ, that he wouldn't be a servant of Christ. So, so the question is, well, well what's a servant ultimately? It's a person whose focus is to identify what their master needs and to help meet those needs. You know, a servant says, hey, I'm going to identify what my servant, my, my master actually wants, what they desire, and I'm going to try to meet those needs, try to serve those needs. And, and for us, we live to please Jesus. If, if we're a servant of Christ, we live to honor him, to please him and him alone. Now, now, that can sound like some trite religious statement that we just nod our heads to but have actually no idea how we do. And, and here's why this is important. It has nothing to do with religious allegiance or, or simply just doing the right thing. Like, it's not about, man, I go to church. I, I, yeah, I, know, I agree with all that stuff, but I still live for this, the proof of all these things. It, it's, it's recognizing the source of our significance isn't in any of those things. Think about this for a minute. If our approval is found in others, if we spend most of our time and energy trying to please others, we're never going to end up living out the story God beautifully wrote for us and created us to ultimately fulfill. Instead, we're going to be living out a horror story that the world is forcing us to adopt. See, see the truth is, God wrote an amazing amazing story of your life. I'm not saying it's been easy. I'm not saying there aren't twists and turns and there aren't setbacks. God has an amazing story for your life. And and when we are living for the approval of the crowd, when we are living for the approval of others, what we're doing is we're taking that pen. We're saying, God, hand that to me. Get that out of your hands. And we're handing it to someone else that honestly isn't equipped or qualified to write our story. And we let them write the story. God has an incredible, way better story. But we're never going to experience it if we're living for someone else's approval. And and here's the simple idea I want to share with you this morning. It's just that, that God's approval isn't based on your performance, but on his purpose. See, God approves of you, not because you're good enough, not because you you know, are perfect in every way. Not, not because you've mastered this idea of being a Christian, a follower of Jesus. No, he's not, he's not approving of you because you're doing all the right things, you're checking all the right boxes. He chose you before the world was formed. <clears throat> he, he set you apart. He approves of you because of his purpose, because Christ came and gave his life so that we could be accepted. God has this incredible purpose for you and me, and his approval isn't based on how well we impress or even what we do for him, but on what Christ actually did for us. Now, now one of the big struggles of reconciling this idea is everything in our lives is built around us striving for approval. We're rewarded from the time we are little until uh, today as, as an approval for, for what we've accomplished, for our acceptance. Whether, whether it's getting a trophy in, in our five-year-old soccer program or a bonus because our boss likes us, approval drives what and how we live our lives. You get up every day and do certain things, go through certain routines, 
Why? Is it a lot of it based on approval? Some of those things are really good, like you shower every day so that people, you know, like you. That's good. Keep doing that. You know, don't stop that. You know, you, you brush your teeth and you put on deodorant and, and all those good things. Like, those are good things. Don't stop doing that. But, but really, what's the source, ultimately, of our significance? I, and this is a really crazy, counterculture, outlandish idea. Like, what is Nick doing? He's talking about some crazy stuff here today that, that we find our source in something other than other people. That's unheard of. I've never lived my life that way. I'm telling you, it is a freeing experience. When what others think of you, not that you're a jerk and you like forget you all, but, but when, uh, what others think of you, their perception of you, whether or not they accept you or not, doesn't become your driving force of life. That you don't live for the audience of the crowd, the wishes of the crowd, but you actually live for an audience of one. You live for his purpose. Because our approval isn't based on our performance. It's based on his purpose. When, when we get that, life becomes entirely different. Because the decisions we make, the things we are willing to do or not do, change. Because we're using a different scorecard. We're using a totally different scorecard. You know, I, I, I hate golf. I don't know if any of you love golf. I, I hate golf. Because golf is so backwards to me. You know, every other sport I play, the goal is to get as many points as possible. Basketball, soccer, baseball, football. Like, the more points, the better. You win if you have the most points. Golf, it's like the least strokes. I'm like, forget that. I want to win. I want the most strokes. Look at that. It took me 20 strokes to get to the hole. Look at me. I am awesome. I am incredible at golf. I can hit, you know, 150 on nine holes. I am so good. It's countercult. The scorecard is so different, isn't it? Because the scorecard is different, it's not about more, more strokes, it's less. You play the game differently, right? You're a little more careful with that putt. You're a little more careful when you're, you know, hitting out of the woods. I do that a lot when I'm golfing. That's why I don't like to golf. But the scorecard's different, right? So when the scorecard's different, it changes the game. It changes how you play the game. And, and life isn't some game we play, but... When the scorecard changes, it changes how we live our lives. When the ultimate win, the goal, the purpose, isn't to please everybody, isn't to make sure that everyone just absolutely loves you, and you bend over backwards and sacrifice things that you really should be doing that are good just to get please someone. When that's not the score, that's not the goal, life takes on an entirely different meaning. This is what it means to follow Jesus. It's not about the religious stuff. It's not about going to church and all that. It's ultimately about changing the scorecard. It's ultimately about recognizing that we live for his acceptance, not for, for others. Paul gets to the heart of this idea and, and the drive to live for the approval of another, uh, for, for God. In, in a letter he writes to the church in Colossae. It's known as the book of Colossians. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 22, here's what he writes. He says, But now 
He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Now, this is what's interesting. Paul's writing that Christ came so that we could be free from accusation. Who in the world does accusation come from? Others. That, that we would actually be free from the opinions of others, that, that we would be seen without blemish. Like, we're not without blemish. We mess up. But that's what Christ came to reconcile that. And verse 23 says, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that you had, 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 has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I, Paul, have become a servant. What's Paul writing? He's saying, Christ came to reconcile this incredible struggle. Who do we live the approval for? How do we do this? I can't reconcile that in my own head because I've grown up in this world that everything I am rewarded with is from someone else's approval, and I strive for that. How do I reconcile this? Christ came to be the bridge, to say, you know what? Live for God's approval. I'll cover over the shortcomings. I'll cover over the accusations, the moments that, that you fall short. You see, there's nothing any of us can do to gain the approval of God. I wish there was. I wish I could say, man, do these five things and you got God's approval. There's nothing we can do. No matter how good you try to be, no matter how much money you give, no matter how perfect your church attendance is, there is nothing you can do to gain the approval of God. That's because even at our best, even in our greatest moment, we still fall short. I know that's really discouraging. You're like, man, Nick, that is the worst thing you could have said. You were doing really good until you said that. Like, what in the world? Now I'm discouraged. Listen, stick with me. If our ultimate source of approval is based on our performance, then it will always be something we gain and become proud of or we fall short of and become discouraged with. And God's desire isn't that we're proud or discouraged. Why would we do that? Because it's based on an imperfect specimen, us. God never intended for your approval, your acceptance to be based on you. Christ came to this earth to do for us what we weren't capable of doing for ourselves. He filled that gap. He reconciled or made right the constant cycle of falling short so that we could ultimately be accepted by God. How do we cure the approval addiction? We find the ultimate source. The one that ultimately provides the acceptance that we're longing for. See, when we taste of this acceptance, any other type of acceptance we get from people becomes fleeting and insignificant. When you recognize the embrace of your heavenly father, that he loves you, he cares for you, he's never given up on you, and he accepts you as you are because of Christ's sacrifice. When you recognize that, I promise you, there is no level of acceptance or approval from anyone else that's going to, to, to come close to what God does. Because God's approval isn't based on your performance. It's ultimately based on his purpose. And in a moment, we're going to sing a song. Before we do that, though, some of us here, uh, we need to, to, to kind of apply this. We need to do something with it. You know, growing up playing sports, you know, we would practice things and practice, but, you know, everything we practiced didn't really matter unless it 
transferred to the game. Like I could practice my, my shot from the 18 in soccer all day, but if it didn't translate to a game, what was the purpose of it? Or I could work on my free throws in basketball all day, but if it didn't translate to making free throws in the game, it was really pointless. The application is really important. And for some of you today, maybe the application is, man, I need to recognize I'm not the source and people aren't the source. I need to recognize and receive Christ's forgiveness for my past, his acceptance of who I am as a child of God. I need to commit my life to him. Maybe that's your application. For some of you, your application is, man, I've been following Jesus, but man, I really struggle with this approval thing. I need to, to say, God, today, I want to build my life on what you say, what you believe, what you see me as. For those of you that are here, maybe you're watching online and you've never taken the step to commit your life to Jesus. But what I mean by that is you've never allowed your life to be focused on what Christ wants for you, his purpose for your life. You've been living with a different scorecard. You've been counting score and keeping track of the score over here. And all the while it feels like you're losing and, and God's trying to hand you a different scorecard to say, listen, it's a different game. It's a different life. I've come that you might have life and life to the full. I have life for you. I want something more for you. And maybe you're here or you're watching online. You say, I need to surrender my life to Christ. I need to commit to live for his purpose. Accept his forgiveness in my past and the moments I've fallen short. As Paul writes there in Colossians, to be reconciled, to be made right with God. For some of you, that's the, the action point. In a minute, we're going to pray and give you an opportunity to, to take that step. For those of you, it's going to be, I, I just need to surrender this stronghold, this, this grip I have on others' approval. I need to let it go. I need to let God become the one that I listen to, the one that I receive my approval and acceptance from. Would you, would you bow your heads with me as we just pray real quick before we sing a song here together? Lord, I thank you for another day you've given us. Lord, I thank you. Jesus, that you love us so very much, so much more than we deserve, so much more than we could have ever earned. I thank you for accepting us. God, that while we were yet sinners, you still died for us. You loved us. I pray, Holy Spirit, in this moment, anyone in this room or watching online that has never taken that step, I pray, Holy Spirit, you begin to speak to them at the heart level. More than anything I could say, more than the eloquence of my words, that your Holy Spirit would begin to do something on the inside. As you're continuing to pray, if you're here, you'd say, Nick, I've never taken that step to follow Jesus. Or maybe I did, but I kind of walked away from it. And I, I need to, to recognize my need for a Savior, that, that I fall short, and I need to experience His forgiveness. And, and I want to live for His purpose, what He wants for me. I want to surrender my life to Christ and follow Him. If that's you this morning, moment, I'm going to count to three. I'm just going to ask you to reach your hand toward heaven here in this room. Or if you're in the overflow room, to reach your hand toward heaven as everyone's praying. And then we're going to pray a prayer together. That's you. On the count of three. One, two, three. Would you reach your hand toward heaven this morning? Amen. Anyone else today? Amen. You can put your hands down in this room or in the overflow room. For those of you watching online, we're going to pray a prayer here together. I'm asking everyone to pray this, whether you're online, in person, wherever you might be. We're going to pray this prayer together. It's not some magic formula that we came up with. It's really simply a conversation with a loving God that cares so much about you that I want to lead you in, kind of facilitate 
And my hope isn't that this is the last conversation you have with him, but the first of many. Would you all pray this prayer with me together? Dear God, thank you for loving me as I am. Thank you for loving me as I am. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for not giving up on your purpose for me. Thank you for not giving up on your purpose for me. Just because of my performance. Today, I accept your forgiveness for my past. I commit to live for your purposes. I receive your acceptance, your love, and your grace. Give me the strength and the courage to follow you all the days of my life and to show your love to the world around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you're here, online, wherever it might be, and and you're like, man, I want to, I really want to walk in this. I don't want this to be a moment or, or an instant, but I want to walk in this. We want to get some resources to you. If you just text new to Jesus to 55498, you're going to get a text with some resources to help you continue that journey. Not that it's just a moment or, or not an instant, but that it's a journey. So we believe it's a journey. You can continue with that. For everyone else this morning, if you can stand with me, I don't know where you find yourself what's going on inside of you. Like I said, man, this has been a journey I've been on. Such an important journey to ask yourself, where is your source? What is your source? We're going to sing a song together before we close today. And as we sing this song, this isn't like just a filler, like what should we do? Let's sing a song. Uh, this is an opportunity to respond to what we're talking about. To declare in our life, to say, God, I, I surrender you to you, my my, my, my drive to be accepted by others, to, to, to be approved by others, to, to get people to like me and to, 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 to just do whatever I could that people are pleased with me. I, I surrender that to you, that, that God, I want to live for the audience of one. I want to live for your approval and yours alone. I want to build my life ultimately on what you say about me. I want this to be more than just a song, but a declaration. Lord, I pray this, this morning that you would challenge us, Lord, even in these moments. Holy Spirit, begin, Lord, to unwind the, 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 the intricate working, Lord, of, of maybe this mindset that we've held on to, that our approval comes from others. God, that the foundation of our lives be built ultimately upon you. Lord, I pray these declarations, song and single, becomes this incredible prayer that opens our hearts and our minds ultimately it's what you want to do let's sing this song together this morning this is pastor nick pole the lead pastor at calvary we're so glad you joined us for today's podcast i hope you enjoyed the message at calvary church we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with jesus we would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what god is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 